All right. Hey, Brandon. Yeah. Hey, Alan. We're back here. And it's just dice over everything. And we went, I guess we went way back. We played some 40K because we haven't played 40K together in a while. I know you've been playing a bit of 40K, though. Yeah. So uh, basically what happened is uh, I got sucked into uh, Warhammer 40,000 8th edition when it came out. So we'd, we'd stopped playing 40K for a while. But when 8th edition hit, I, was, I, I saw all of the blog posts and everything. And I'm like, oh, my God. What they're like all the hype train basically, I, I, they they sucked me in. Yeah, they and, were they were getting close with me, but I'd rage quit <laughs> recently enough. I wasn't willing to go back in first. Yeah, so that was probably a good idea because, uh, like, I think they made a lot of really interesting changes that made the game so much better and kind of hyped me up. And they had like this entirely new marketing team, uh, which totally worked on me. But once I started playing, I realized like, why I stopped playing 40,000 and why I'd enjoyed all these other games. So I think what turned me off like near the end of it was just how they were coming up with so many giant things that you had to buy yeah, to really play, to feel like you're playing just... the game properly. Like, why is this giant object flying around the board? And why do I need... Well, I don't think the Titans had quite hit at that point. But... No, but it was just... It didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. So instead, what we decided... So, so basically, I've been playing a bunch of 8th edition. Oh. I was like, eh, you know what? This is okay. But... It wasn't as it didn't feel like as much fun as back as back in the as day the classics when we played third edition. So after a while, I was like, "Why don't we just play a, an edition of third edition Cause, and see?" Because we started back in second edition, but I would mm -hmm. not say that was the greatest iteration ever. It was no. there was a lot of basis around your characters that were nearly immortal, mm -hmm. and they would just clash in the middle, and the rest of your army felt less consequential. So it didn't feel as tactical as third edition did. No, it was basically like it was actually a skirmish game, which is kind of what we're playing nowadays. Okay, it wasn't just because we were didn't have the budget to play a uh, play uh, Titans back then. I don't think so. Okay. No, there wasn't really super big Titans. No, the the game just wasn't yeah. built that to play that way. So then third edition hit, and we were super into to it. It was like army scale when you have tanks, like, and and they were important, and everyone was supposed to have a a much larger army. And I think that's kind of our I guess childhood heyday. And so I was like, how come, like, I just had a feeling inside that it was more fun than the kind of 8th edition I was playing right now. It wasn't just all nostalgia. Yeah, so, but I didn't know for sure. So basically I asked you one day, and this is what we're, we're seeing right now if you're watching the video, uh, is that I was like, hey, Brandon, let's go try 3rd edition and see if it, how it actually compares uh, to 8th edition or if it was just rose-colored glasses. To see if, to prove whether it was nostalgia or not. Exactly. So these are both Alan's armies going on the table, because as yeah. I said, I, I rage quit for real. I wasn't joking, and sold off my armies. They were all painted. Well, yeah. one army, but anyways. Yeah, well, there was a big army, though. Yes, it was. It was like it Space was, Marines. It was nearly 100 Space strong. Space Marines. So yeah, this is my army. This is uh, Aldar on one side versus my Orc army. And uh, this is the Orc army that I had started assembling during 5th edition and then started playing War Machine and never played the Orc army. Mm -hmm. And so, until 8th edition. And then I started playing with 8th, and it was fun with initially with the indexes and stuff, but there was, uh, despite all of the hype train of 8th edition, um, there were some, I think, fundamental issues with rules. Mm -hmm. So the mission we're playing in this one, we're just playing the control the table quarters at the very end of it, mm -hmm. which seems like a really straightforward mission. How were the missions <clears throat> in 8th? 8th uh, edition, 
they're actually not bad. There's not some interesting kind of ideas of Maelstrom where you're constantly changing what you need to do. So you basically have small objectives that you're kind of, of doing, mm-hmm. right? Or you have a larger kind of um, objective, kind of like the game, the, the mission that we're playing right now. Okay. The kind of difference, though, is that um, in the ma- main rule book of, or the main rules of 8th edition, you can always wipe off your opponent from the table to win. And, and this is kind of very, very common. Is it so like, so like down to the last man or down to like zero no, people down on to the, the board? last man. Yeah, zero. Zero. Uh, okay. And I was like, wow, this is not that great of so gameplay maybe, experience. Maybe they looked at War Machine and just saw like the end condition where you kill the caster and the game should mm. end that you just don't even play for the mission, you play for the kill. Maybe. Yeah, but, I don't know. But like killing everything, that's a terrible gameplay experience. Like on, on oh, either side, right? Or you just want to stop the opponent entirely. Yeah, and then it, mm. it and then you have nothing to do, especially if you killed everything but one unit and the guy has to play out his one unit. Like that's just I think overall it wasn't as fun. And so you see here when we play, well, first of all, it for, we, we you see we were using the classic red stick. <laughs> oh yeah, eighteen <laughs> inch stick. So useful. That that now they have these twelve inch clear sticks, which is not as cool. Uh yeah, so I don't know. I found uh, third edition. What? How, how did you find like playing third edition? Uh, and getting back into the game after so many years. I kind of like the fact that things move around in a really simple manner. That you don't have to worry about weird movement shenanigans yeah. going on. You move your guy. They shoot. They, everybody does what you expect them to do. Mm. It's not like War Machine where things can teleport around or Infinity where things can move a billion times. You kind of know what's going on at all times. Yeah. It's, it's not that taxing of a game to play. <laughs> It was kind of simple, but surprisingly, but, I felt like it was, I don't know, 8th edition seems more complicated, but it didn't feel more tactical. Mm-hmm. And as you can see here, if you're watching, um, we're looking up the rules because we're a little bit rusty. We haven't played this in like... I think we're trying to figure out how 10, things drop. 20, I think we're trying to figure years? out the dropping rules uh, or the the deep strike rules. But were we trying to deep strike? Oh, I had, I had swooping hawks that you gave me. Oh, yeah, So we, that's right. we were trying to figure out how in this version they appeared. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, uh, but overall it was pretty simple. And, and one of the things that I liked about this kind of size of 3rd edition is uh, way back then the armies were not as big. So when this game have, we were playing 1,000 points? 1,000 points. So it was 1,000 to 2,000 points. But if you look at the armies, like, these are... Not as big as the armies that you see in current 8th edition. No, because I had one grav tank and a viper. Yeah, and exactly. And what, what sort of big stuff did you have? I just had a truck and a whole bunch of boys. Mm-hmm. Right, And then if if you were to even get to 2,000 points, which I don't think we ever played 2,000 in 3rd in, uh, edition. We played 1,500 as the normal point size. Yep. And it just felt right. And that was like normal, 1,500, 1,750. Like 2,000 was big mm-hmm. back at the beginning, at least, of 3rd edition, right? And so the size was, just felt right. So you had like a big army, you had tanks, you had more than one tank, right? Because if we are 1,000, you probably add another tank. At like we talked about mm-hmm. what would we do if uh, we moved my army up to, or our, our armies up to 1,500. You'd probably add like an, maybe two more tanks or maybe some more and, and some more infantry. And then me... Uh, just probably more boys. And <laughs> okay, not, <laughs> not make the armory. No, no, simpler, I would have probably add, added some. Uh, I wanted to add some killer cans, but that wasn't in the rule book 
because there's another thing that we did is like we went way back. So we, in, we just played straight armies out of the code, out of uh, the rule book, out of the main rule book. So mm-hmm. something that was amazing in the third edition rule book is in the back of the rules. Like it was a if you bought the main set, you had all the rules to play. So in the very back, they had these like thin uh, gameplay uh, like rules for, and points for all of your guys, and that's exactly what we're using right now. And honestly. So you don't worry about it being balanced or not who's got the latest codex. It's just sort of, all right, we've all got, yeah, well, we're all on an even playing field. Exactly. And I think it was actually the most balanced mm-hmm. because it was right uh, when they tried to balance everything out and didn't try to add something new and special for every single codex that, over every single faction, right? So the problem with 40K, which happened immediately in 8th edition. So when is, I saw 8th edition coming out, they said the points weren't going to be in the rule book. Eighth edition, mm-hmm. uh, they had indexes. Yep. So basically, they did kind of the same thing uh, as third edition, where they released the main rule. Except, obviously, it's it's the new forty uh, games workshop, so it had to be multiple books. So you buy your main rule book, and they said, oh, and then you buy these index indexes, and that has all the rules uh, for the all the points for the armies. Yeah, and the specific rules for the armies. Mm-hmm. So the the main rule book only has the general gameplay rules which was kind of weird because they they shrunk that to super thin but i thought they were saying they were going to create an abil- a way to keep the points cost of things up to date yes so that's uh every every year they're they're the idea is that they'll release a new book that is basically an a fact like a like uh, updated points for, but not for everything. Like literally, it's just like here are the things that we patched. We're gonna change the points and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. But I then like everything's the not in one place at once. I was that's I the was, issue. Yeah. When I first heard that they were gonna keep the points separate, I was hoping all the points would be all in one place and all mm-hmm. live and up to date. Exactly. Which I guess yeah. they didn't come through on. Yeah. So well, they also said those indexes were going to be the main. I don't know. Maybe I didn't interpret it right, but they said this is this is what you need to play, and we'll keep it up to date. But they didn't mention that they were going to release codexes that totally superseded those rules for the index. And once all of the codexes come out, you should throw out your indexes, which is exactly what was one of the issues uh, in previous editions as we're going. Right. So I guess that wasn't. Maybe it's not the most terrible thing. But at least they give you rules for every army. To start with, like at least every army yeah. has like a current rule set, as opposed to having to go back to an entirely different edition. But here's the thing: we played. We're playing right now. I'm playing uh, the orcs, and they're running forward uh, at your Eldar, and and you keep shooting in missiles. The books, mm-hmm. Yeah, and anyway. in the missiles, and they were super effective, which was different than the current uh, modern orc shooting. Modern orc shooting is terrible, but in this one, I literally stopped your the graph uh, tank just. Couldn't yeah, shoot ever. He could, and he couldn't move after the first turn. You got to move the first turn, mm-hmm. and then after that, I basically stopped him from it from doing anything, uh, as you will see, right? And so that I thought was uh, I don't know. It was it was interesting and different. Mm-hmm. And what what made it good though is that this is from the base rules, right? So they hadn't overcomplicated everything yet, right? So this is very very simple. This is the they, they tried to boil down the essence of each of the factions, right? And that's what you're playing with. So right now, orcs are supposed to be good in close combat. Yep, and, and I had they're a spammy. And a farseer, which sort of buffs units. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't, there's no crazy list of spells going on here. 
Yeah, but they're, it was useful spells, right? Oh, yeah. So in the later games, they would add a whole bunch of additional powers, but I think the two powers you get are basically the best powers the Farseer ever had. It was Guide, and it was the Armor Save one, right? I think so. It's basically re-rolls on, hit, <laughs> on attacks or re-rolls on, on uh, Armor Saves, which were super useful. So I felt like the essence of both of these armies was there but every single time they released a codex they would often break things uh, for example i guess it was in fourth edition the falcons basically became invincible was it or was it third edition the end of third edition it might have been when their codex came out they got the extra shield that stopped them from ever being oh you oh you take the two rolls and you choose the lowest mm-hmm and that basically, I think it was second edition, but maybe, oh, sorry, fourth edition, but maybe it was third edition. When they get a code, they got a codex where they got a special item on the uh, grav tanks, the, the Falcon, which means like, in this version of, of uh, 40k, uh, tanks only die, like you basically roll a d6 if you penetrate it's them. It's an all or nothing roll. It's an all or nothing roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Falcons. Uh, in the current version of the game, giant tanks do not die all in one roll. Uh, yes. Not usually. Yeah, they. The current one. I don't even want to talk about that. We can talk about that on another okay. another podcast. So that's one of the reasons why we went back to this edition. Okay. <laughs> exactly. The entire tank things were just messed up totally. Uh, how how you play it out, and so this one. Um, yeah, basically they made Falc- Falcons unkillable. Doesn't really matter how they do it, but it kind of broke Falcons, and now suddenly that doesn't just affect um, uh, inter-army uh, balance. It affects... What you like, take intra- in your own army. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So in in the uh, Eldar army, suddenly you want to run a lot of Falcons, and you don't really want to run any of this other stuff, which is kind of lame. Yep. That's, that's why the balance thing I was talking about earlier, that they can make broken things as long mm-hmm. as you, the price isn't broken. Yeah, exactly. So in this... Uh, game uh we did try to choose some things that were balanced right so i did look in the uh, codexes and make sure we didn't choose anything that was obviously points crazy uh and it it seemed to work out like it it was yeah they're uh, pretty varied armies it's not there's no min maxing going on with these things uh yeah and um what did you think about the uh change with the i go you go because I guess it's not really changed in 40k, but we haven't played a lot of games where I move all of my guys and then you move all of your guys and you can't really do anything. You just take it. Uh, I felt like I had some like really powerful characters like at the bottom of the board where I've got the some of the X-Arches and I've got <clears throat> some f- Aspect Warriors and they just got hit by a mob of boys and they just took it to the face and didn't <laughs> do anything back. And their shooting kind of sucked on the way in, but... like. Well, I guess in close combat, you do base it on your initiative, but yes. it's still the fact that you get to shoot on the way in and then attack. That was kind of... Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um... Oh, did you feel like the ten the ten boys with the knobs wiping out your guardians was... They, they kind of just, like, fell over and didn't do anything in retaliation. To, to be fair, uh... Okay, so your guardians are actually better at shooting, obviously, right? Yep but significantly worse in close combat. And I think overall the points list, because you had, what, 10 Guardians and I had 10 boys? Mm-hmm. Those are around the same pri- uh, price points. So the fact... I, and I did have a, a truck, right? Yeah, they showed up in a truck, so it was... Yeah, and you did better. have a chance to blow and up the truck. I had a chance to blow the entire truck apart, but it, yeah. it failed. 
Yeah, it was, so. it's it's kind of fun, right? So when you're playing uh, 40k, it's it's um, you do have the different having the not just infantry and having some vehicles changes up the game quite a bit. And the idea that your vehicles are much tougher to protect the guys inside kind mm -hmm. of did make the gameplay interesting, right? Yeah, that is what makes 40k really. I think what makes 40k cool compared to other minis games, as you sort mm -hmm. of have tanks and heavy armor to like maneuver around the board, whereas most mm -hmm. other games are just like you have your figure and it's your figure. Well, yeah, because we're playing skirmish games, mm -hmm. right? And that's the easiest, I guess, for people to uh, launch. Normally, if you want to play something with this many different types of units, you mm -hmm. need to go to like 50 million. You need to go to a different scale, like drop, yeah. drop zone commander. Yeah. Actually, that was one of the things that I uh, found kind of um, annoying about uh, 40K and setting this table up is that it's a 6 by 4 Yep. And so six six feet by four feet is super big, and it was super annoying to set up. Luckily, you know I have a, Give a big, big table. kitchen table, mm -hmm. yeah. But normally, when when I was living uh, in in the condo, uh, you couldn't. I don't think I even had enough. You room. wouldn't be able to get around the sofa. I don't or think you wouldn't be able oh, to yeah. get between the one wall and the other wall. Yeah. If there was any other furniture. Yeah, it was it was terrible. But at the same time, when you have such a big board. Look at all the terrain we have and how 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 much maneuver maneuvering you have, right? Like this board could definitely fit a fifteen hundred by fifteen hundred army, and it would feel like oh. movement really mattered. Mm -hmm. And you have forty eight inch um, guns, and it actually matters on a, t on a yeah. Table if you're going to fire diagonally across the board, which we did a few times, yeah, that you care about how far things away are. Yeah, and the thirty six inches suddenly it doesn't mm -hmm. cut it. <laughs> in the size, right? So the terrain rules in this edition, uh -huh. for a third edition, I guess it's basically you go by, by the majority of the guys being in cover or not being in cover? Uh, yes, I. that's how I we believe. played it. That is how we played we, it. We basically looked at the rules for a bit and we're like, I think that's basically it. And mm. it worked fine, right? It was it was not too hard. Yeah. Uh, so you, you just, we, we, we chose the... So in this edition, you don't have to have like guys with an area terrain. They just have to be... Oh no! Yeah, behind terrain. In eighth edition, that was one of the things that was so annoying, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas this version, the the cover makes sense. If you're, if half the guys you can't see are in cover are, are in cover, then you're, or or the majority of them are in cover, then they get cover, right? And so it feels natural, and it feels like you can actually do something, um, by maneuvering your guys, right? So I had like giant chunks of boys, which you kind of really killed them with all all of your Eldar shooting. Uh, and I was a little bit worried about about them breaking. About yeah, them breaking and just just dying before they even reach you, right? Or not having enough guys to to, to hurt you when I reach you. But apparently, at least versus uh, Eldar, Orc close combat is powerful. So the, the Eldar just flail at them in close combat. <laughs> Relatively speaking, except, yes. Except that, like some of the ex archers. Yeah, they cool. hear, so, Yeah, so it was the uh, Phoenix Lord mm -hmm. that, that that I ha you had right. And it wasn't the super fancy Phoenix Lord, it was just the one in the main book, so it was just like a close combat tooled flying uh, flying hero. And mm -hmm. he was actually really good in close combat. He beat up those... That's, uh, tons of attacks, and the orcs yeah. are afraid of that. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was interesting. Uh, but when the orcs actually did hit you, hit you it was it was pretty hard. Mm -hmm. so, so let's talk a little bit actually about... Um, we didn't play... Exactly third edition. Yes, we did do some changes because I we we did remember there were some broken things in third edition, and some of the future editions had some good things they came up with. Yeah. So. Um, so one of those was not Overwatch. 
Third there edition was, has no Overwatch. There's no Overwatch. We did not Overwatch. So, but that's 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 just playing third edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the things we did were um, the running. Oh, running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's, there was a later edition where um, if you're not as as we talked about having giant boards, right? It was too big. It was almost too big if you're just infantry because all infantry just moves six inches. Mm-hmm. So what they did implement in a later rule set is that I think it was if you're without outside of 24 inches of a person, uh, you can run. Basically, you can charge or just move another six inches uh, as uh, during the charge phase. Yeah. Now, for us, we kind of modified it a bit. We just said if you're outside of 12 inches, then you can do your run, right? But then you're not allowed to shoot and you're not allowed to yep. uh, charge. Mm-hmm. And that really helped infantry uh, just slog through the helps, slog it. Helps make the game. There more. There was more maneuvering going on in the game. Yeah, it does. It, it was, it was it, probably definitely helpful for the orcs too because they didn't just stand there and get shot turn after turn. Yes, that's true. So we did change the game, I, I guess you could say, quite Fairly. a bit. Mm-hmm. But it was it did make the game, I think, uh, quite interesting when we when we played that through. Um, and yeah, another one was... Uh, you can't move your truck, jump out, uh, so a vehicle. And then assault. And then assault, because that, we remember, was ridiculous. Non- sort of nonsensical. Yeah. And then the third one is uh, we removed sweeping assaults. So in this game, there was, uh, in third edition, one of the primary, in my opinion, bad things about the base rule set was if you Kill were in close combat mm-hmm. and you killed the whole unit, you could then move 2d6 and sweep into uh, next the next unit, unit and potentially kill that one and too. potentially kill that one and then continue sweeping through and there were some rules where you're allowed to shoot them before they swept into you but it was just so messy that there'd be multiple close combats from the same unit over and over yeah. in the same turn yeah and and yeah so we just said no you can't do that and to be fair that's is that a fourth edition or a fifth edition rule i can't remember if they, when they removed when they got rid uh, of the sweeping advance yeah. Obviously, it wasn't important because we just removed it. Yeah. You could just move afterwards. You can consolidate after. Yes. Yes. So we just used the three inch consolidation. Yeah. So yes. you guys just basically weren't clustered for the next guy's turn. So you wouldn't all die of like template weapons after. Uh. Yes. Exactly. So you. Yeah. Exactly. So um. How so, about template weapons? Going back to the old school template weapons. Yeah. So I do know of how they work in 8th edition where it's entirely based on dice rolls. Mm-hmm. So I think it did slow the game down a little more and we had to do some take-backs. We're like, oh, we'll just move yeah. our cluster guys together. Like, Wait, that makes no sense. We can't <laughs> I'm gonna cluster get our guys everywhere. with this blast marker. Mm-hmm. So I did, uh, I think that already happened, but I spread out the guys. I'd originally moved all of those uh, boys in the middle uh, together. Uh, and then... Then when I started firing the missile from the Viper, we realized that might be a bad idea. Yes. So we, we did allow me to spread them out, and then you still hit four, yeah, four still or five guys four. or something like that. So it was still powerful, but it wasn't like you hit ten guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was originally how I set it up, because I was just trying to move quickly. Um, so I do really like the uh, new idea of in 8th edition, but they were really... I think they messed up one major thing is that the whole point of blast markers is that they're supposed to be stronger against clusters of people clusters of guys mm-hmm. lots whereas of guys. now it has no relevance exactly so um yeah so i think what they needed to do is which they actually used this rule in some of the some of the some uh, other weapons games? no some of the oh. weapons but basically if you're over five or ten guys in the squad you just yeah, of, of if you're shooting a, a unit that has five or ten guys, 
uh, you just get more attacks. You get more hits. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why they didn't just do that for all Blast Marker weapons. Like, that is what they were supposed to be. They literally just changed what bla how Blast templates work. It's basically a random random attack value. Yeah. Attack. And yeah. so it, it didn't make sense. Now it's actually kind of good against tanks, which is because... it generates multiple shots. Because technically now you're just hitting three times. Yeah, it's like a D3 hit or a D6 hit. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it... It changed it what it was supposed to, how it's supposed to act. So, um, that was not, in my opinion, a great idea. But um, so I, th I don't know if they're going to change that now. Who knows? There's always more additions. They'll probably just keep moving and moving it yeah. around. Yeah. So so um, overall, though, I actually really enjoyed third edition playing this. I felt like we had movement with, with our one modification, right? And with the cover saves, uh, how the game worked, I felt like movement mattered. I felt like the difference between a shooting army, which was the Eldar, on, on your side. It played and, differently than the orcs by a long yes, shot. Yes, on, on this uh, close combat ar masked army, mm -hmm. played interesting. Uh, one thing that I found interesting was actually the uh, morale, which uh, in this game... If you lose, you lose, you can lose big time. Yes, so if you lose, um, if you break, then you just start retreating off the board. And if you hit a board edge, you just disappear. Which right? your bikes managed to do. Which my bikes managed to do, yeah. I ran three bikes in, one guy died, and two of the guys were were didn't even get to fire. They they literally they, just ran off the board. They decided they would never pass their leadership and just kept driving. To be fair, they only had two leadership, or three leadership tests. Yeah, there was they three. Could, so, mm -hmm. so that I did the first one, I failed it. Uh, this already happened, I guess, in this, at this point. That was pretty early on. Oh, yeah, look. I killed the Falcon already. Yep. We didn't even talk about that. That was amazing. It did nothing. <laughs> I had literally two missiles and, and blew it up. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting how the vehicle combat worked. I'm not actually sure I'm fond of that in 3rd uh, edition. Mm, no, the random... It felt a little bit swingy. The, the random occurrence, whether yeah. it blows up or whether it can't move. Yeah, it's... so it almost felt like tanks either were invincible or they just died, right, in this version of the game. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit too either or, right? Uh, whereas I like the fact that in the newer edition it kind of wears down. Of course, in 8th edition, I think they messed up the damage ratios or something because the the armor piercing weapons uh, don't kill tanks any better than they kill little people they do they, they don't, like they, they don't do cause... damage instead of one damage but mm -hmm. the tanks end up having like 9 or or 8 to like 15 20 life depending on how big big things go right so if you're trying to kill with one last cannon it's going it's yeah. never going to happen yeah, one last cannon is so much weaker than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And it's because they changed the damage chart rules. So now so, it makes more sense to shoot with lots of like medium power weaponry to take it down. Yes. Medium power weaponry is now stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the tiny weaponry, right, the, the last guns, because last guns are not supposed to be able to kill a tank, but they changed the rules to mean every one in six last gun shots will hurt a tank, will take off one wound. Yep. You have to therefore give each of your tanks way more life to make it to compensate to for compensate them, compensate for mass fire coming from but a las cannon still only does on average 3.5 wounds mm -hmm. so you can so, shoot with like 18 las pistols uh, you, and eventually do about the same damage 
Well, well they have armor save as well. Mm -hmm. So so that kind not of not quite. Yeah, it's not not quite, but at the same time there's a, a lot of las guns and stuff like that, right? So it's it, it, it's just the the ratio is all messed up. Yeah, right? it favors it favors like medium power. Yeah, so I felt weapons. like in third edition the strength of the tanks seemed I don't know. There, there's some. There needed to be a balance in in between those two things, right? I don't think third edition got it perfectly, and I don't think eighth edition got it perfectly. Um, yeah. Yep. So that's our thoughts on the yeah. the one tank we took. <laughs> the and one the, tank, and the, and the fact that it was yeah. And the truck that drove across the board and the, didn't get the killed. The truck almost won me the game, or at least mm -hmm. tied me the game, because it got hit a couple times and then it ran off and it just held mm -hmm. its own. Uh, for the mission. So, um, yeah. Uh, what else is happening right now? Oh, yeah. You almost killed my uh, war boss, but he kind of ran in and uh, joined up with a unit, which is kind of interesting that you can do in this edition. Mm -hmm. That heroes, if they're by themselves, they can get killed. But if they are... If uh, they join a unit, you take off the, the schlubs Yeah, you can first. choose yeah, to, to kill the schlubs, schlubs first. And I think that's actually how the current edition works, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some weird stuff in between where I don't know how how they chose it. It was like you can, if you have knobs, two wound guys, you can give each guy a wound so that no one dies until half of the wounds. Oh, are until done. it circles around to everybody. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that ended up being broken. And it was it was some weird technical technicality why you could do that. Um, but in this version, it was just just take off one guy. Uh, and if you're in close combat, which we messed up, which allowed the Phoenix Lord to just wipe the boys, uh, is you have to in close combat it's a little bit more targeted, right? You have to kill the guys that the are kill closest. guys in the front line. Yeah, kill kill the We're guys in the front line first. With the enemies. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I thought that with those two balances, I thought it was actually pretty good. You have some targeting in close combat, uh, and then in shooting you you just don't, right? Which mm -hmm. makes, makes, it, makes sense. a bit of sense. You don't yeah. know who's who. You can't and then we'll really target people shooting, but once you're close up. Now it you can really see matters. who's who. Who's got yeah, the stupid? Stab the gut. Who's yeah. got the stupid power fist that's going <laughs> to exactly. kill you? Yeah. So it was. It worked out. I think uh, quite good. Oh, you did have a second vehicle. You had the viper. Yes, I had the viper. I don't see it yeah, as a so vehicle. It's so. It's so. It was total, it's so unarmored. It's just as tough as my truck. I know. And that's, that was the the, that the makes... one thing that you wanted to do to to uh, basically. Uh, yeah, you're trying to win the game, right? Yeah, by hunting the, the truck down with the yeah, viper. Yeah, if the if your viper was able to kill my truck, then uh, you would win. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, oh, and I had the chance to basically do the opposite. In my turn, if I could kill the viper in the end of the game, I would have won. Yeah, so I think by the end, I tried to drive the viper into the middle of the board to get range on the truck. Yeah, because you were last. Right? I mean, it got so. shot. It got shot with some junk and stopped working. Did it? Yeah, I think so. No, no, no. You, you, you I thought you. Couldn't get. Oh, maybe. On the last turn, I was trying to get one last shot off to, oh, to get yeah. rid of it. Yeah, because we were it, like, ah, you, you might as well just run it and try it for the win. Exactly. Right? Forget yeah. the tie. Yeah. So it was. It was overall uh, quite uh, fun, though. Uh, simple, um, straightforward. A lot less complicated than all these weird stratagems and stuff like. Some stratagems is, is okay, but I feel like in the new game they flooded it with these. Everyone has their own special rules and and. You have basically a deck of cards of rules that you can spend uh, your you command points for. Any, you can use it at any time. Yeah, and and the, I don't know that the I guess they they liked the idea so much they went overboard, and now every faction has I think two or three that were shared, which were fine. Like reroll, 
real dice and stuff like that. But then they said every faction should have like 20 or so different stratagems that you can use and let's not balance them. So literally, I guess a subset are a subset of them are situational, which is still a lot like 10 and then three or four of them are super amazing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of defeats the purpose of having all these different ones. It, sounds, it feels like it's separate from your actual troops like it's not mm-hmm. the troops having the ability it's some like magic coming from on high which <laughs> doesn't doesn't even feel like it fits in with what's happening yeah. on the table yeah like if it, was a, it. if it was a psychic thing I could see it being kind of cool well basically it sounds like psychic oh, powers so, coming from a non-psyker yeah. that doesn't even exist on the board yeah. So what's happening right now? Do you oh that? yeah. So uh, this is where we realized uh, the rule about uh, you can only you can actually target a guy. Uh, so, we had, so we had to go back and play something over again. Yeah. So that so your Phoenix Lord basically killed a whole bunch of boys, but he should have been killing the but power I, fist rather than <laughs> yes, waiting. Rather but I left the power fist there that was standing right next to him, and then yeah, in in the game actually you should have been able to charge the power fist guy, killed him. Yeah, because the Phoenix Lord was hiding behind the front line of troops, so he came in afterwards. Yes, so he could have chosen so who he was going to charge. In, he would have moved in to get the power fist. Yeah, which we did not do. And and so that's what we did. And and by doing that, basically, the Phoenix Lord just killed everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> killed the, the the power fist guy, and then later on... Uh, oh, I think he... Oh, yeah, you see here. He killed the power fist and the other guy. He didn't oh, die and then the rest broke. And then the rest of the guys, because of that, they broke. Because they didn't kill the Phoenix Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that actually changed the game a lot, which... I think overall the the rule set was quite good. It's quite polished. Mm-hmm. Like again, we, we did a couple of tweaks, but the the having your whole unit killed when they break and get overrun might be a bit harsh. Yeah, that, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, um, somewhere in between is good. At the same time, you don't totally get killed, right? When you do that, uh, you just start breaking off the board, mm-hmm. and if you reach the end of the board. Uh, you die. Oh, unless in close combat. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Where <laughs> oh, that becomes super harsh. You fail. You fail the initiative roll. So you fail. The, you fail your leadership when you lose the combat. Yes, mm-hmm. and then you try and run away. If you and get if your far opponent away. rolls higher than you when he tries to catch you, then you get wiped off the board. Yep. So that is pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. But that made close combat super powerful, right? And I remember in this edition. Uh, and that's why swing advances were crazy. <laughs> yes, that too. You don't yeah. even have to kill everybody. You just kill enough that they get freaked out. Yeah. And fifty fifty, you, you run faster than them, and you kill them all. Yeah, and you break them, and then you sweep literally into, into the next, next guy. thing. And and in the previous combat, you've of course spread out enough to get to the next unit you're aiming for. Yeah. So just one guy gets in there and then starts. Yeah. Everybody starts in two, everything over starts, again. Keeps yeah. fighting. Yeah. Well, and you bring things that freak your opponent out too, like death masks and things that give your opponent negative leadership, hoping they'll just break from it. Like there's some abilities in the game. Oh, okay. That, I don't. They will those. freak out your opponent and drop their leadership by a bit. I was playing Elder at that time. I don't yeah, think they had any of that. I don't think that. They Howling probably just Banshees got had any scary masks. No, the scary masks allowed them to attack first, always ah, okay. in close combat, which was not that useful because they were Howling Banshees. They had Initiative 6, so like... So what? Who, who are you attacking here? <laughs> well, oh, um... If you're attacking the big characters, of course. If you're attacking Gene Stealers, I think, was like the only time we were like, oh yeah, I guess this Howling Banshees are now... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Their ability is useful. Oh, and this is near the end of the game where uh, I decided... I, I, I got so into the game because it was, it was really fun that uh, I forgot we were recording... And I literally just blocked the end of the game. And this is where we talked about your the Viper 
goes around. The viper and, on the left hand side. Yeah, is trying to to sweep around and and uh, get in a position where he can kill the uh, truck. Or is this when we're gonna? Oh no, this is when I was trying to kill the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the last last few guys left on the board. Yeah, this is the, like, the second last turn. Mm-hmm. Right, where where only a few guys were left, and and I I know I did say that uh, in eighth edition they play until one side is dead. But one interesting thing is here when we did this, it was very close to that it state. Still, it was close, but it was far enough away that I didn't think even if we played another round or two, we wouldn't have wiped each other no the troops both of our sides both of our sides had whittled down so much it didn't it didn't really swing to one side or the other like if it swung to one side I can see one side being wiped out Uh because then you just wouldn't have enough firepower to bring bring your opponent down at the same time Mm -hmm. so I can see these games going to like complete wipeouts but I I don't know I just maybe it's just because we only played one and it didn't happen Uh, but I just feel like it's less it just felt less the fire, the power output. Yeah, it wasn't the power output wasn't as deadly as, as the, current in the current game. edition as the third edition. Yeah, which, and maybe it's because you also don't have the big guys and all these different kind of crazy firepower. Because remember, we only played from the based indexes, uh, index uh, armies in the book, which no crazy, didn't have crazy, no, super awesome combo abilities, right? And and the thing is, I guess not to belabor the point, but. There was still enough differences in the armies that they felt unique. Yeah, all the troops felt yeah. pretty unique. Yeah, and I and it made me kind of think: well, Do, I don't know do you all... really need to have every single one of your units have a special snowflake rule, and with all these special stratagems and stuff to have everything super unique? And my guy has to be like super different than your guys and stuff like that. And my hero has to be absolutely customized, so it's only ever going to be my guy with these pieces of war gear so when you've got all that stuff you've got to worry about like the combo that's going on the table the superpower on the table as opposed to just like yeah. how do you move your guys around the board like yeah, some intelligent it, way and it if it makes a real difference then that's something that you have to remember for your opponent and yourself when really why should that I, I don't know it, it doesn't really change the strategy of the game and if you want to model your guy one way like sure that's that's awesome right you want to make it look cool but do you really need a special all these super special rules uh it make it kind of slows the game down a lot oh here's here's the viper by the way of trying to trying to take that one shot i basically the ran viper away running into danger uh yeah running into danger he's now running to towards your, shot. he's running towards your war boss now isn't it because your oh, war boss my is still in the middle stuff. No, to my boys. Oh, your boys are left in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here I'm trying to block it so that, uh, just in case, you, you succeed. Exactly. <laughs> so there's no evidence. You can't see my victory dance. No. <laughs> yeah. But, it, it but there was up, no victory dance. Yeah, it, spoilers, it was a tie game, which was also kind of cool, which I did not expect, and I don't think it happens as much in 8th edition. Maybe it does, but mm-hmm. um, it was just... No, actually, the first game I played, I think I tied as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was just it was it was good, and it was. Uh, people talk about how eighth edition kind of streamlined things, but that was streamlined compared to seventh edition, because when we take third edition, third edition was very streamlined, everything worked great, and if you remember, all of the codexes uh, for all the factions were very small. So even once you got your special snowflake rules, they didn't go overboard. Yeah, they were like little paperback things with a staple on them. They weren't yeah. they weren't tomes at all. Exactly. So you just had a couple of things to make things a little bit more unique i don't know i just enjoyed the game more at that point hmm. and and 
in some ways it kind of changed people's outlook on what they wanted in uh, a game. So you, when you make things, oh, that's over. Um, when you make uh, your army look cool, it's you're making it look cool to make it look cool, not so that you gain some sort of competitive advantage in the game. Mm-hmm. So, I seem to recall in this version of the game, like the size of the guy matters as well if you can see them. Uh, that's still how it works. Yep. Okay, that's that's interesting, <laughs> and I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage it in another edition. But yeah, I think they should have just said it should be around the size of the. Just imagine it's the normal size of a normal model, mm-hmm. and I know in some ways, like if it's if it's a dreadnought or something, there's there's some it can modifications. Be twice as big as the base sometimes. Yeah, but I do remember people complaining about uh, model for advantage, which once you put make the cannon stick out longer from. No, it's shorter. Shorter. Because you wanted to make so them as small as possible. Mm-hmm. And you don't you want have to get guys, head around the corner. Yeah, yeah. so you have guys who are, are huddled on the ground and all lying straight mm-hmm. <laughs> on the floor, just huddling there so that they have the smallest profile possible. Mm-hmm. So you only shoot when you want to shoot, and they can't... They can't see you easily around a yeah, corner. Yeah, so... Um, I, I don't know how you... I don't know how you... Well, you, you solve it with silhouettes like a lot of games use. Like uh, mm-hmm. War Machine uses that. Uh, Infinity uses that. Uh, most games that we've played besides, besides <laughs> Games Workshop, games Workshop games have moved away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just It gives you more freedom to model your guy. So, yeah. And yeah. There's less ambiguity in the gameplay. Yeah, and so it, it kind of... Um, I don't know. By dividing those two things, in my opinion, it helps give people uh the feeling like the when they when they go all in on making their stuff look beautiful they only have to care about making it look beautiful mm-hmm. which i really really enjoyed okay um, so i think we liked all the changes we made to the third edition I think that edition was fun yeah and and i think after playing it uh i actually think i enjoy third edition with the couple of with- changes that we did more than 8th edition. So you'd call it 38k? I I think 38k is the best. Alright. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. We enjoyed this game of Warhammer as well. Yeah, it was was fun to to get a Blast from Pass, play all those things, look at my two armies fighting. That was super fun. Uh, We hadn't played with my Eldar in like, I don't know, super long. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to break those guys out. Uh, Yeah. Alright, I think that's what everything we wanted to talk about for our thoughts on what 40k could be <laughs> or, was. or what it was mm-hmm. and how maybe maybe they shouldn't have thrown so much out maybe they should have just gone they should have taken more from their old game <laughs> or maybe we're just old <laughs> yes, anyhow exactly thanks for listening all right all right uh this is uh being alan and this is brandon see ya